Body Mega. How are we doing, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center. I am your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host Tyler Seth and Garrett Hirschberg. And today is a special day. We're going to be recapping our uh, end of the season baseball highlights. We are going to be talking about a little bit of basketball. First off, we're going to be talking about some baseball. A heartbreaking loss to end the season to UNLV, the school down south. Heartbreaking loss, but overall, an all right season. I'm hesitant on calling it successful. You know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs what could have been with this team, but um, ultimately, you know, kind of. An all right season and a season that they're looking to improve on next year with a young team that's going to be back. And, um, you know, the Mountain West Mountain West Championship didn't end like we wanted to, um, any with UNLV, but we did get some Mountain West, uh, all Mountain West honors. We got Perry and Zamora playing well. Overall takeaway from the season, do you think it was successful? Successful? I wouldn't put that word on it. I thought it was a good season for Nevada baseball. Um, started off the really hot coming out of the gates. I think they lost two out of their first 10 or something like that. Uh, really cooled down kind of in the middle of the season. Then conference play, we probably let a couple uh, series slip that we shouldn't have, like the one at Air Force when you're uh, fighting for a uh, Mountain West bid. Just kind of hard. You can't let those series slip in the middle of the season. But all in all, a decent season. I wouldn't say successful. It's definitely not the way they would have wanted to end it, but you got a lot of guys coming back uh, that could definitely make a difference next year. Well, before the season, they were talking, you know, they were talking, you know, regional bids. They were talking a lot of promise with this team. There was a lot of hype, almost not equal to the basketball level, obviously, but there was a lot of hype, just like the basketball team had a lot of hype going into their season as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say just a little bit disappointing, but what is not disappointing is the players that we can have back next year. Um, we are losing just a handful of guys. Um, we are unfortunately losing the star that uh, walked it off for us a couple games ago, Keen Smith. Um, we are also losing uh, Dalton Gomez. We're losing a couple guys who are seniors that were going to be missed, but we have a young, good core group coming back that I think is setting us up pretty nicely for next season. Yeah, you look at a lot of this team, um, a lot of juniors on this team that are going to be huge for senior leadership next year. Um, you got Zamora coming back. For his junior season, you got McLaughlin coming back, who had the best average on the team this year at 339. Um, you got a lot of that pieces coming back, and also some good pitching pieces. Uh, you got our Friday guy Ryan Anderson coming back for his senior year, uh, and then you got Owen, who I think had a definitely not the season he wanted this year, um, but I think he will continue to grow, and he's definitely showed some very bright spots this season. So I'm excited to see him pitch next year, um, and then just the rest of the team. I mean, you're only losing four or five guys, the seniors. Um, so a lot of the core pieces coming back, they're going to make a deep run next year. I can already feel it. Yeah, we have, um, like you said, Owen Schartz, arguably one of the top prospects um, on the team. Our, he you know, got drafted before this season and then obviously wanted to play with the pack. Um, he was only a freshman this season, so he has a bright, bright future. And then also Josh Congress, who was kind of like our closer this year, kind of our – you know, guy that came in towards the end of the game, uh, he's going to be able to come back as well. So this this baseball team's looking looking nice for next season. It's just, you know, whether we should put this much pressure on them again because of what happened this season um, was kind of disappointing. But, you know, all in all, 
I think TJ Bruce has the program on the ups, and I think with him at the helm, uh, we should be fine. But I think uh, TJ Bruce definitely should be sticking around for for a couple more years, and uh, uh, I think he has a bright future with this team. Definitely. I think TJ and all the guys should have their heads up uh, looking towards next season because I think, yeah, definitely this team could be really special. Another piece that's coming back too, Grant Ford won some postseason uh, honors this uh, past offseason. So another big pitcher coming out of the pen. Um, that could be huge for us next year. So, yeah, a lot of good pieces. Uh, TJ and the team, keep working hard this offseason. You guys will get there next year. Yeah, great overall season, and we'll hopefully see them perform great next season as well. Um, just switching over to a little bit of basketball news, there has been recent reports about Warren Washington has now committed to the pack. Uh, he is going to be a sit-one, play-three guy out of Oregon State. He's looking like he's uh, – he was listed at 6'11". He posted on Twitter, uh, he said an asterisk with seven foot next to it. So it's looking like, and we don't really know how tall he is, but he's a he's a 6'11", seven foot center who, you know, is going to provide definite, like much needed, much needed uh, height down low in the front court. And um, another big point of news is uh, Utah State's Kada uh, is coming back. So I think there's a no doubt front runner in the Mountain West next year. And uh, with them looking promising, we got Fresno State looking promising again, San Diego State, and then if Jordan Brown comes back, um, Nevada's right there with them. I mean, are we talking about another multi-bid Mountain West team or Mountain West uh, conference next year come in March? I'd like to think so. I mean, like you said, you got Utah State, who's might even be a top 25 team coming in the preseason. Yeah, I think preseason AP – Cool, they'll be top 25. Definitely. Um, and then you got a bunch of schools that had kind of down years in the Mountain West that we were kind of playing on. We've talked about it before on the podcast, just playing on strength Mountain West schedule and didn't work out this year. But who knows what next year. And, yeah, Warren Washington, big get for Nevada to sit mm-hmm. one, play three, especially if you're looking out future of Nevada basketball, not just in the present too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be huge to develop him this season in that sit one year and then – you got, you know, who knows if Jordan Brown will declare for the draft next year, the year after that, and then what our front court's looking like the rest of the couple of years um, that Warren's going to be here. But, yeah, definitely a big get for Alfred, big signing. I would argue probably the biggest signing he's had so far. I mean, you got a lot of good ones, but yeah. an Oregon State guy coming off a, you know, a top guy, three-star coming out of high school, um, I definitely think it's a big one for Steve, and it's a very good get for uh, Nevada basketball. I agree, and it, it, like we said, our front court right now, we only have two true front court players. We have uh, Zane Meeks, who we had on the show previously. If you missed that interview, check it out. And um, we also have K.J. Himes, who um, I believe he officially redshirted last year, so he's going to be able to play, um, if he wanted, a full four more years. And uh, so, and I, I personally like K.J., um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan, and I think he's going to do great things. But that leaves us with just two big men on our team next year. So, um, getting Jordan Brown back would be, you know, incredible, and would definitely save I think our front court situation. But we also have a grad transfer from uh, Valparaiso. I think you say their name. I don't know how you say their college name. Valpo. I'm just gonna call him Valpo. And uh, we have a grad transfer visiting as well, who um, would be immediately eligible. I think 6'11 or 6'10 center as well. So we definitely are looking for some front court help, and uh, Warren Washington provides that, you know, in the following years. A little more basketball news. Chris Murray tweeted out 
that we have two more basketball games that are slated. We got the dates for them as well. Texas Arlington, that's going to be slated for November 12th, and Santa Clara, December 4th. The other home games, we got November 5th against Utah. That's a huge, huge Pac-12 game. And then November 16th, USC. Again, another huge Pac-12 team. Um, Two really, really good basketball schools coming to Lawler, which should be fun. This is the first time Nevada's hosted two Power 5 schools since 08 and 09, which was Oregon State and UNC. So this, I mean, this schedule, it's looking good. It's our strength of schedule might be, you know, might be up there, not what we want um, like completely, but it's hard as a really good mid-major getting those schools to come play us. Um, the Santa Clara one kind of surprised me just because I didn't think, you know, that was one of our schools that we wanted to get. But, um, I mean, that Utah game and that USC game are going to be really interesting, and I'm happy they're going to come to Lawler. I should bring a big, big crowd. Yeah, you have a – it's definitely going to bring some national exposure as well coming out of the Pac-12 and being a Power 5 conference. Um, but, yeah, I think the huge thing is them coming here and not us going to there. You right. know, we had those two opponents last year, mm-hmm. both at their site. Um, but, yeah, coming to Lawler, it should be rocking. It should be popping. And then just to try to extend that home win streak that we got going um, up there would be nice against uh, a Utah team who could have a bounce-back season this year. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, uh, you know, we're going to try to stack our non-conference and – do the best we can and just hope for the best again right yeah totally and then um coach alfred did say on a podcast that he believes jordan brown's coming back and i know there's been a lot of talks so we won't stay too long but do you guys believe jordan brown is staying or do you think he's going to be moving on a city in a year and then playing somewhere else um long term if i'm jordan brown and i have aspirations to get to the nba um i'm coming back because that year that you're going to sit out is a year that you could be making, you know, a lot of right. money. You've seen it with yeah. a lot of high school kids coming out and doing their own thing, not going to college, and you know, um, especially the high profile of Jordan Brown, it's it's gonna be hard for him to go somewhere else and maybe sweep into that rotation when you have our coach Steve Alford saying, "This is your team. This is gonna be special. Like, come back and we can make this very special." So I think at the same time, it's it's difficult for him. But if I'm him and I'm hearing my coach says stuff like that, it's kind of leaning me to come back and play for Nevada. Think, I think he stays. Um, look, there's obviously better programs he could transfer to, but as you mentioned, that year that year sitting out can be beneficial, or I want to say beneficial, but could be detrimental, especially if your goal is to make it to the NBA. Um, I do think that it, we've seen where it doesn't really like matter what school you go to to get to the NBA. Look, John Morant's the number two going to be the number two pick in the NBA draft. He went to Murray State. Nevada is on a higher pedestal than it is, than Murray State, so it just it's just showing up in those moments to get you to that high level so that you can be drafted. Right, yeah, and I mean, Steve Alford has literally come out, I mean, as Tyler was saying, in an article by Chris Murray, and literally has told Jordan Brown, this is his team. This is his team, and this is... Uh, when we all know how good Alfred is at um, developing big men into really, really good players um, that can, you know, do great things. And, um, you know, speaking on getting people to the NBA in unconventional ways, I do want to touch on RJ Hampton a little bit. Now playing overseas in the Australian League, this was a huge, huge um, turn for, like, no one saw it coming. You know, he had four colleges, I believe, and then he went overseas 
And I think this is just kind of showing that kind of mindset that high schoolers are in. It's not, I don't think it's bad, but they're thinking, you know, how can I provide for not only my family, but what can, what can get me to the NBA fastest and what can prepare me for the NBA. And just like Jordan Brown, I think playing, you know, playing your time in college or wherever you're at and then getting to the NBA as fast as possible, I think is the goal. No one want, no one's sitting at home watching TV saying, you know, my goal is to play college basketball. My goal is to just play college basketball. That's it. My goal is to get to the NBA. And Jordan Brown wants to get to the NBA. I think his best route is through Nevada. Yeah, no, RJ, adding more something else on the RJ Hampton thing, it's great that he decided to say, I'm going to skip college and go make money. Now, granted, the uh, New Australian Basketball League isn't as well known as uh, the basketball leagues in Spain uh, right. and uh, in Europe, like what we saw with Luka Doncic. There's also oh, other reasons why or what convinced him to go, especially for the for the New Zealand Breakers. They also, despite not a lot of people knowing the Australian Basketball League, they have a strong connection with the uh, American media. As if you look on their jerseys, they literally have a Barstool Sports logo on their jersey. They're, some of their owners are m- media members at Barstool Sports, so there's that exposure that not necessarily you can't get by going to a college, right? Yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a great move, and uh, it and it allows him to play pros. It allows him to play grown men that play basketball for a living. And um, but on the offside of things, it hasn't always worked out. We've seen high schoolers do this before, where they go overseas, and it just ha- it honestly has not always worked out. It worked. It worked out for what Brandon Jennings. It worked out for Brandon Jennings. There are a few uh, success stories, yeah, but. Um, I think, I I'm just wondering, is this gonna do you think gonna start a trend? But it's also in it's, other high school players. But it's also gonna be different because you saw um, a like last year, Darius Baisley uh, just went and signed like a one year like internship like with the G League. Right. Um, and Free Simmons didn't play college basketball, so there's other ways like to do this without playing um, without playing college basketball. So I think that. I don't know if this will set a trend, but I think it would shape the way that uh, other basketball recruits think about the next level. Yeah, definitely going off Garrett's point, I also agree it's not going to really set a trend. At the same time, you have a high-profile recruit like R.J. Hampton going Huge. overseas and making that, yeah, making that step. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely going to kind of not set a trend, but be sort of like a culture shift and mm-hmm. change the way guys think about oh, I just got to go to college and then do my couple years and then get into the league. It's definitely going to change some of their mindsets. But speaking on some of the talent that's in the um, New Zealand league, Andrew Bogut last season was their MVP who was arguably you know, a fringe player in the NBA. Right. And then oh, yeah. you have a rookie of the year who really couldn't get off the bench at Kentucky. Nothing knocking those guys because obviously professional basketball is incredibly hard. Um, but you got to kind of wonder if RJ playing – overseas will kind of you know maybe not push him to the way he wants to be pushed I think he's gonna be pushed more in the New Zealand league than I think in college I think he's because well I but I think the exposure will be less though because just as Zion Williamson he was arguably playing against people way below him like let's be honest he was, he was playing against the kid like He's playing grocery store workers. Right. It was it was crazy because you would watch him. I mean, and don't get me wrong; these are top players in in their um, 
18 through 21 year old you know what i mean 18 to 22 but it's like the when he'd get the ball when he was on offense when he was playing defense i mean he was doing things that was just so above him he just you can tell he shouldn't have even been there and it's like he got that exposure but how much did that prepare him for the next level so it's interesting to see how this will ultimately worked out for rj hampton i think college schools and uh usa basketball and you know everything with the nba execs i think they're all paying notice um evan daniels tweeted with a potential change allowing 2022 prospects to go straight to the nba out of high school nba execs are now allowed to watch the remaining 13 players at the usa basketball u16 trials today and tomorrow so like you said the culture shift there is a culture shift going from is college necessary is that you know what i mean is that something i need to um to even do and i think rj hampton definitely answered that where he said uh, he posted on twitter or something he said uh haters big mad because i got my big bag and i love that i love that he got his money uh he's gonna be able to um gonna be able to develop and ultimately i think it's gonna work out but it will be interesting to watch next on the docket we're gonna keep with some basketball news and um Ultimately, just kind of touch on how our roster is looking before the start of the season. We have um, our backcourt, which is, I think, very, very solid. Um, I, one of the probably most solid backcourts in Mountain, in the Mountain West. We have Lindsey Drew, uh, who is has so much time and experience under his belt. Definitely going to be the leader of this team, running point. Then you have uh, Jazz Johnson, Jalen Harris, um, you know, kind of toss it up. Who wants to play the two? And uh, who's going to come off the bench? But I think it's ultimately Jalen Harris getting that nod, and then uh, Jazz Johnson coming off the bench. We have Eric Parrish, who I'm just going to say was probably the best JUCO player last year. Um, and then yeah, our front court we've already touched on that, but I think our our lineup is looking to um, kind of. I think a lot of people are, are kind of going to be sleeping on Nevada this year. Um, <clears throat> their their big thing is losing all five starters, but I think. I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Nevada. I think we're going to be able to prove prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I think so too. Um, if you just look at uh, you know our roster so far, definitely a lot of backcourt depth. It's going to be big this season. Um, depending on Alford, it's going to try to play front court as we we've already touched on. We're growing, but we're not there yet. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think just because a lot of these players didn't get to see the floor and didn't get to experience Lawler and be out there on the court when you hear that crowd rocking. It's going to be a little different for them to maybe adjust, but again, these are all, a lot of them are transfers. A lot of them are coming from different colleges, so they've been on this stage before. They know what it takes. But definitely, it's uh, to the outside media, it might feel like uh, a bit of a change, but to us here in Nevada, I think we know what we have, and I think uh, this season could be um, something special if we just get all the right pieces working. Yeah, I agree completely. So then touching on how the Mountain West overall is going to play, I think, like we said, multi-bid league. But um, is anyone going to steal it from Utah State? Is anyone going to be able to give them a run for their money and um, really kind of knock them off their pedestal? Because like we've stated, I think they're the clear favorites. And, um, I mean, they're returning their top four scores, the defensive player of the year in Kata. I mean, Mountain West Player of the Year and Mural. I mean, is there anyone that is going to be able to take them down next year? I definitely think there's a shot. If you look at Utah State this year, it's kind of like we were last year. We had the reigning player of the year. We had the reigning defensive player of the year, reigning coach of the year, all like Utah State have. 
Um, and we people thought we were going to run away with the league, go undefeated and all this stuff. Um, but definitely, I think there's always a chance. It's obviously not going to be easy uh, with the Utah State and all their chemistry that they've had going on on the court the last couple of years. But um, I definitely think there's a shot that someone could turn on them and definitely make life hard for Utah State. I agree. You know, anything can happen in the Mountain West, and uh, we're excited to watch it play out next year. Just quick recaps at the end of the year for other sports. Softball went to the NISC. Uh, they beat Loyola Marymount in their first game, beat Fresno State in their second game, looked good, and then um, ultimately lost their last two to Loyola Marymount to try to get to the uh, – oh, they made it to the championship, but they uh, they lost to Loyola Marymount in two games. Um not a bad season from softball. I think they obviously had a lot of room improvement. They went uh, 29-27 overall, 11-13 in conference. Not not incredibly bad, not incredibly good either, mediocre year. But I think like just like baseball, they have a lot of young talent that um, next year I think they can, they can come out and do some damage as well. Yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, it's kind of it's weird how our softball and baseball are kind of running along the same lines here, but um, I think that can be almost attributed to uh, the culture shifts in Nevada and us becoming kind of a bigger school and our um, just students growing every year, and um, so that could definitely be a factor. But definitely, uh, softball kind of an up and down year, but like you said, a lot of young, good young talent on that team that could definitely push them over the edge next year and um, maybe make a run for it later in the tournament. Yep, and then uh, Nevada women's basketball, just real quick, has added a lot of transfers as well. Um, they're slowly but surely building their team into, you know, one that seems like they can make a run for the Mountain West, um, if not title, but but close to it. I know Boise's always, you know, going to be the favorite, but we have a lot of uh, young transfers, signees. We have Jacqueline Nakai, who is a transfer. From um, a community college who was very, very promising before she she committed. Um, a couple other, we have, La, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, so I'm so sorry, but LaPresha Johnson, LaPresha Johnson. Uh, we also signed her from another um, community college as well. And then we signed Miki Alameo, who um, played at Salt Lake CC. So we have a lot of young talent in our uh, athletics Women's basketball under Amanda Levins, as we know, um, doing great things over there. And I think next year, looking even more bright. They lost only two seniors, but they were some pretty key players on their team as well. So um, with that, that is a quick wrap-up of Nevada sports. Uh, stay tuned for some interviews this summer and basketball news when it comes out. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys, and go Pack.